Hi, and welcome to the Trailside Channel. We are so glad you're joining us. God has a place and a purpose for you, and we hope this message helps you find that and know how much He loves you. Thanks for stopping by and enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, Trailside Church. Pastor Sean here. And uh, man, I hope you are having a fantastic Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon or even Sunday night as, uh, as I found out some of you guys are taking this opportunity to sleep in, enjoy a good breakfast, and then hang out at night together and uh, worship with us. Uh, hey, first of all, first and foremost, happy Mother's Day. Um, I know that uh, for a lot of people in our church that this day means a ton of different things, and it always brings um, all kinds of feelings, but from the first, uh, and the, the one thing I really wanna say is uh, happy Mother's Day uh, to my own mom. I love you, thank you so much. Uh, without your encouragement and love, uh, I don't know that I'd be here. Um, and to my mother-in-law as well, thank you for being such an incredible um, mom and raising your daughter who I would get to marry uh, into this beautiful woman who loves the Lord so much. And to my own wife, uh, thank you, I love you so much. Um, I don't know uh, that any of us ever planned for life to be the way it is, but I think that's how it is normally. Uh, but thank you for the gifts of Colin and Emma and Gavin and the way you love me and the way you love our church, the way you serve our church, the way that you care for the people uh, at Trailside. And um, you're just an outstanding person. And so I'm so thankful for you this morning. But I know uh, in addition, Mother's Day can be tough. I know for us, for my wife and I, many years where we uh, were trying to get pregnant and we so badly wanted a child um, and the Lord uh, honored that obviously, which is great, but that we had a, a waiting period and a hard season. And I wanna encourage you if you're in a hard season um, and if you're in that place and you're wondering what to do, I, I can't tell you that everything's gonna be perfect. What I can tell you and what we're gonna talk about even today is that even in hard seasons uh, that the Lord has not left you, that he is still with you and, and um, to trust in him and trust in the leadership of the Holy Spirit, as hard as that is, I'm, I know it's not easy to do, but um, man, I just want you to know we're praying with you we're praying for you. We want to be for you. So if, if you're struggling with any of that, if, if you have fertility struggles or if you're wondering what to do, if you're going to take that step, let us know. Let, I would love to pray with you. I'd love to share our story and encourage you and walk with you. Additionally, Mother's Day can be tough for some because this is the first Mother's Day without their mom. And so um, thankfully, I haven't had to experience that. But uh, I, those of you who are experiencing and I know my own mom tells me every year how much she misses her mom who passed away when I was a very small child. Uh, know that we're praying for you. Um, I, I don't know that grief, uh, but I do know that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and that on this day, when we remember our moms, when we're thankful for our moms, uh, that I know you have an opportunity to share incredible stories of how great your mother was um, and how wonderful she was and what she meant to you. And uh, the beauty of the gospel is that we have this opportunity to be with, with our family forever. Um, and that is just an incredible thing as, as we are at the feet of Jesus worshiping. And so let me encourage you in that this morning. Um, but uh, other than that, I wanna let you know, we are at a new location. Uh, you guys know a few weeks ago, we got to hang out at 13 Stripes. And last week we we're at North Greenville. Today, we're at Homewood Suites by Hilton, downtown Greenville. Um, I'm excited. I know that a lot of you are because the world is starting to open up. And uh, so I wanna encourage you, this is a really, really cool hotel. In addition to just being beautiful in the middle of downtown, it's right across from the baseball stadium. But Homewood Suites has actually been able to stay open uh, through this pandemic. And they've been able to provide rooms for um, 
for doctors and nurses and uh, essential workers and people who have to come in and do business so that our world can keep going. And so shout out to Homewood Suites. If you're looking for a great night away, uh, this hotel is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, we're on the outside sitting area. There's a pool. You can hear the birds. Uh, just what a beautiful, beautiful place this is. Uh, so if you're looking for a night away, an anniversary celebration maybe, there's a great place to come, uh, come and, and help them out. The hospitality industry has been one of the hardest hit industries uh, throughout this pandemic. And so it's just an honor for us to be able to come down and highlight them to you. And I hope that you'll consider uh, coming and hanging out here. And if you're not, if you're one of our uh, Trailside Internationals, um, as we spoke of last week, which is totally ridiculous, but just fun to say. Uh, and you're going to come to Greenville and hang out, man. This is a great place to go. Uh, so give me a shout. Uh, you can you can email uh, me, Sean at trailside.church. I'd love to hook you up with this place or any of the other uh, beautiful locations and businesses that we've been highlighting over the last few weeks. Uh, but shout out to Homewood Suites. Uh, Jack Benton, thanks for having us, for hosting us. And we're so excited to be here. Hey, let me pray and we will jump right into uh, our continued study of unstoppable, being the unstoppable church. Let's pray. Jesus, you're good, and uh, we're so thankful for that. And God, we know that um, even when uh, it's dark and hard and things don't make sense, or when um, scary weather comes, or when hardship endures, that we can fly to your feet, that we can, we can run into the midst of our um, author and perfecter of our faith, that we can find hope at the feet of Jesus, that we can find um, a place to belong. And so uh, I pray that as we open your word this morning, that as we dive in and um, just hear a great story about your goodness and grace, that uh, you would be honored and glorified and that we would be blessed through that as we uh, find ways to love you more and deeper and become less like us and more like you. So be with us, help this word examine us, display to us what's in our heart that needs to be broken, whether that be um, uh, a need for humility in spite of our arrogance, uh, a need for grace in spite of our anger. Or maybe it's just a, a place to belong and, and community to find more lonely, whatever it might be that, that we would find that in your word this morning. Father, we thank you for all you do. You're good and you're God. And when we're not, you still and always will be. And so I thank you for that truth and pray that you'd be with us this morning. And it's in your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Men. So we're continuing our study of, on the unstoppable church in Acts 3 today. Um, actually, we're going we're gonna, to, it's a lot of scripture to cover, um, but it's going to be Acts 3 and part of 4 actually this morning. Um, and uh, last week, if you were with us, um, and if you weren't, you can go back and watch this, uh, watch last week's sermon. Um, but we talked about this guy who was a, a lame, a beggar at the gate called Beautiful and how uh, the disciples went and actually through the name of Jesus restored him and he went into worship. And, and what we're actually picking up on now is Acts 3 verse 11. So it's just after that has happened. It was kind of a, a hard place to pause, but we did. Um, and so we're going to pick up in verse 11. I'm going to read a lot to you um, and uh, just hang with me uh, because I want to kind of give you guys a really cool glimpse of what is happening here. So, um, Pick up verse 11, Peter is speaking in Solomon's portico, which is interesting considering where we are in one ourselves. He says, while he, being the lame beggar, clung to Peter and John, all the people utterly astounded ran together to them in portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? And so, so Peter begins this story about 
what's happened, this miracle that's happened to this man. And he says, listen, why, why do you stare at us? Why are you blown away by this? It's, it's a really funny way of um, kind of asking a question that only he knows the answer to, right? He says, well, why are you doing, of course you would, of course you would stare at the guy. You, if you were in this situation, if you're at this temple, if you uh, were zealous enough to be at the temple three times a day in prayer, you would have seen this beggar laying at the gate. And he says, why are you blown away by this? Uh, well, Peter, because this guy was literally laying down paralyzed at the gate for 40 years. That's probably why. And now he's not. Now he's like hanging out with us and worshiping. I think that's a, that's a pretty good reason uh, to wonder what's going on. I think if any of us just saw a guy in a wheelchair get up and walk, uh, we would probably wonder what had happened as well. And so Peter asked this question and he goes, why are you blown away by this? Why are you surprised? And I, I love what he says right after that. He says, it's not by our own piety. It's, it's nothing we did. It, it's not with some superpower we own. It's not by magic. It's not because we're really, really good Christians that this happened. And, and I think that's important for us to remember as we walk through this, uh, this story together as well. Like the level of your piety is not going to equally parallel how easy your life is or how good or like what happens around you. It's not magic. He says, listen, it's not by how good we are. It's not by anything we've done. We didn't make this man walk. He says the God of Abraham in verse 13, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, God of our fathers. He glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this, we are all witnesses. So, so Peter begins to tell the gospel story. And he's like, hey, listen, it's not by what we did that this guy is here. Instead, remember, it's by the one who you killed and crucified. It's by the one who, when Barabbas was going to act, or when Pilate was going to release him, Jesus, he instead released a murderer. He said, do you remember this? We all saw this happen. And he continues. You denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murder be granted to you and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are all witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Now, I want to caution you. This section of scripture has been used to twist the gospel and say that if you love Jesus enough, you'll never struggle with your health. That's not accurate. None of that is accurate. That's not what, that's not what Peter's saying here. He's, he's saying it is because of the life and the incredibleness of Jesus that this man has been restored and healed. It's, it's not saying that if you give enough money or you serve enough or you read your Bible enough or pray enough that there's prosperity behind that. What he's saying is it's because of the goodness of God that this man now is with us. He said, don't, don't look at man. Don't look at me, Peter. Look at what God is doing. Verse 17, and now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers, but what God has foretold by the mouth of the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. So, so Peter says, listen, I know that all of these things, remember he had just asked a question like, why are you blown away by this? And he goes, and then he kind of comes back and he goes, okay, it was by ignorance. You didn't know better. 
He goes, because you didn't know better, here's what to do. Repent. Repent. Like, run to God, repent of your sin, be forgiven, and then the presence of the Lord will fuel you and will walk with you. That's it. It's that simple. In verse 22, Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. In the verse 25, it continues, you are the sons of the prophets of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families be blessed. So God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by the turning of every one of you from your wickedness. And so, so what happens after this man is healed, Peter just literally preaches the gospel. That's it. He, he just, he literally preaches the gospel. He said, look, the gospel is what made this man well. The, the man that you hung on a cross and killed, the one that you made fun of, that you mocked, that you tore apart, like he is the reason. And, and then he offers this moment of forgiveness, which is uh, this grace, which is actually really great, which I think is something we probably should practice a lot more of in the church. For being a place that talks so much about how grace-filled we are, it's amazing how often churches lack grace. And he says, but you acted out of ignorance. It's not your fault. You did not know any better. I heard a, a great story one time. He said, it was talking about, it was a, a made up story, but he said there was a, a 10 year old who got in a car and got into a fiery accident and killed a bunch of people. And that's pretty morbid. But he goes, you don't blame the kid behind the car. You blame the parent who gave him the keys. And I thought, well, that's a really dark way to say that. But the reality is like Peter's saying the same thing. Listen, you acted out of ignorance. Like this is the Lord's mercy and grace toward you that the, the bad thing you did is being worked out for good by God because it was, it was mandated and it was made true by God. And so he says, because of that, because of your ignorance, here is your free pass. Here's your opportunity. And he says, because of that, repent. And when you repent, your sins will be blotted out and then God will fulfill the promises of Abraham. So all these very religious Jewish people walking in the temple, right? That they're, they're waiting for God to deliver the Messiah. Peter says, this is who the Messiah is because you acted in ignorance. Now you have no ignorance. Now you know that this is the God that was promised, the Messiah that was promised. And if you will repent, if you will ask forgiveness for your sin, that God will blot all of it out and forgive you and fulfill the promise of your ancestors. The thing you've been waiting for, the moments you've been waiting for is now. It's really interesting. I've noticed that the people who are most excited about talking about things that could be the end times are typically the ones closest to the end of their time. I know that's kind of weird to say, but even with the pandemic and you see uh, people taking revelation out of context and going, this is the start of the end. Uh, it's always interesting that every generation toward the end of their life wants this to be when Jesus comes back. But I think what Peter understood and what the man who was lame and now made full understood is that when we are in the presence of Jesus, we are ready for him to come quickly because we have been forgiven and there's nothing else for us here. That there is hope in eternity. But I love what Peter does. He simply preaches the gospel. So how does the unstoppable church, or how does the church become unstoppable? I think the first thing that I want to point out to you is this, that we don't need to overcomplicate the gospel. 
Peter gives the whole story. Peter lays down the truth of the gospel. And, and I think a lot of times, man, like I've seen where churches in our church even has overcomplicated the gospel. And we've said, it's, it's Jesus, but then you have to have these 25 things down pat. And then, then, you'll, then you'll be ready for worship. Then you'll actually know Jesus. And I, I think that's wrong. Like I, I, it's not bad to endeavor to know theology. Like I, I, I endeavor that as well. I actually disciple people and I'm walking with some of our future elders and some of this like deep theology stuff. But I think, I think to become the unstoppable church, one of the steps is that we don't have to overcomplicate the gospel. That's why actually, even in our mission statement, it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Because when it's Jesus and something, it becomes this man-made, very overcomplicated gospel. And we're saying, well, okay, but it's Jesus, but also this and that and that and that. And then once you have those things, then you're good. And that's the same thing that Peter and Paul actually preached against. That there were, there were Jews who had become Christians and they said, yeah, um, so it, it is Jesus, but also you have to get circumcised. Or it is Jesus, but you have to follow the laws. Or it is Jesus, but also this. And what we're reading in scripture and what we consistently see in the message of grace, God's love story to us is simply that it is the gospel and nothing else. And so as Peter is looking toward all of these people, his response is not, it's Jesus and da, 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 da. He says, listen, it's this Jesus that you killed and crucified. It is, it is this gospel that was given to you that out of ignorance you didn't understand, but now you have the opportunity that it is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Therefore, repent. Be forgiven. Walk in that truth. And allow the gospel to infiltrate your heart and your life. Allow the presence of the Lord to live inside and amongst you and around you. And as you walk through your life, know the gospel and the unstoppable church can understand that it becomes unstoppable when we don't overcomplicate the gospel. When we just meet people where they are in their needs at the beautiful gates and we say this is who Jesus is. He is the Messiah and he came in order to give you life. To receive it and allow him to blot out your sin, to be forgiven, to not walk in the guilt that your decisions have given you. And Peter preaches this gospel and he says, don't miss it. Because you already did once. And that's the beauty of an unstoppable church. That's the beauty of what I hope and believe and want Trailside to be. What I want you to experience and what I want you to be a part of is that as you experience this gospel, this, this undercomplicated, beautiful story about God's love for you, that as you experience that, as we go out from this pandemic and as we reach out to people that we love or people we just come in contact with, just spiritual conversations with people who need Jesus, who need hope, that you would understand you are given everything you need in order to be a part of the unstoppable church. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to know all the answers. In fact, Peter, who knew all of these things, who lived these stories, looked at all of these people in the temple while worshiping and just said, this is all you need for the gospel is to know Jesus, him crucified and him resurrected and that you can be a part of that promise. That's it. That's all it takes. So we continue. Chapter four. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, 
greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And so let me set that story. So basically all of the religious people now come, all the high priests and the um, Pharisees and the Sadducees, which is just another version of Pharisees really, they all come and they are ticked, they're miffed, they're upset, they're mad. And, and it says why, because they're proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So they're ticked off because Peter had the audacity to come in the temple and preach Jesus, preach the resurrection. And they're saying that's through Jesus is the resurrection. That, so they're mad because they're men of the law. They're men of rules. They're men who say, when you follow all the rules, then, then you will have everything you need. And so they come and in verse three, and they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of the men came to about 5,000. So again, we see this unstoppable moment. They come and they arrest Peter and John and they say, and they throw them in jail. But the damage, the good damage has been done because they preach a simple, beautiful truth of the gospel. And it says 5,000 people, 5,000 people came to know Jesus. 5,000, what would it look like if we believe God moved like that? How unstoppable would the church be if we uncomplicated all of these things and got back to a simple gospel of Jesus plus nothing equals everything? So the first thing was don't overcomplicate the gospel. The second thing is this, anticipate the spiritual battle. Listen, when God moves, Satan will attack. If you wanna live a life that is safe and calm, then do nothing, nothing, out of boldness for the sake of the kingdom. If you wanna live a calm, safe life, then find a way to not be a threat to Satan. That's it. Because when you do outstanding, incredible, unstoppable things, when you preach the gospel, when you walk with, the, when you point people toward Jesus, Satan will attack. One of my favorite books is the Screwtape Letters, and if you haven't read it, you should. It's by this guy, C.S. Lewis. And it's literally, a, it's a, a beautiful picture on how spiritual warfare works and that as we follow Jesus, as we strive towards God harder and harder and harder, Satan will attack and come after everything he can. But here's the reality. Our treasure doesn't lie on earth, it lies in heaven. So all the things Satan can take away don't matter because what he can't take away is everything in his eternity. So the disciples continue to preach the gospel and they're thrown in jail for it. And when Satan attacks, we have an opportunity to do one of two things. We can continue in boldness or we can fold. And so verse five, it says, on the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and, and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who are the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, Rulers and people of elders, if we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, by which, by which we must be saved. 
So they arrest him and they said, why did you do this? And he goes, listen, if you're upset about a good deed, let me tell you what actually happened. It is by the name of Jesus this happened. So Peter in jail, when he is being addressed by his captors, has the opportunity to fold or to be bold. And so in the midst of prison, in the midst of being held down, in the midst of persecution, Peter re-preaches the gospel. He's like, look, if you want to know what it is, here it is. It's Jesus. If you're mad because a guy who was crippled is now healed, that's one thing. But let me tell you what actually happened. The power of Jesus, boldness, even says he was emboldened by the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. See, church, let me tell you this real quick. If, if you have sat back and said that you can't possibly have spiritual conversations with people, that you can't possibly tell people about Jesus because you don't have all the answers, here's what I want you to remember. Acts 4 Verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men. See, the disciples were not doctors. They were not Pharisees. They were not people who had lived their whole life studying scripture and knowing the law. They were just men who had been emboldened by the Holy Spirit. That's it. But notice what they say happened. What makes an uncommon uneducated, or a common, excuse me, uneducated man, an uncommon Holy Spirit-driven kingdom builder. The second half of verse 13. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. So the question is how, or what, I guess, what do we do with our opportunities? Will we be bold or will we fold? See, scripture is very clear that spiritual warfare will come. Satan hasn't given up. It's in all of the Bible. First Peter 5, like one of my favorite things to quote, that Satan prowls the earth like a lion, ready to, to devour its prey. Ephesians 6 talks about when you have spiritual battles to put on the armor of God. Jesus says, hardship will come. Trial and tribulation will come on this earth, but take heart for I have overcome it. Hebrews talks about keeping our eyes on Jesus when we're in the midst, when, when sin and despair tries to in, entangle us and ensnare us and hurt us, that our job is to keep our eyes on Jesus, to be emboldened. Or that we can go into the throne room of the King and that we will receive mercy and grace in our time of need. See, we will have spiritual battles. The harder you strive after Jesus, the, the, the harder battles will come. And, and here's the deal, I wanna, this last thing. There's a popular um, quip, I guess, that says God gives his hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. That's nonsense. God gives us grace and mercy in our time of need, no matter how small or how great the need is. Always. Because God will fight our battles for us. 
He already has. Psalms is written, a lot of Psalms are written about this very truth that God is not leaving you behind. In fact, remember the moments that he's pulled you through for the sake of those that you will come in contact with in your future, that God is not in the business of forsaking you or leaving you. But instead, when you are in a bad situation, you have the opportunity to fold or be bold. Be bold because God is walking with you and will not forsake you or leave you. That's what allows us to do the right thing in the hard moment. Then skip down to verse 23 as we uh, get ready to close. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth, the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and his anointed. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do whatever your hand had, and your plan had predestined them to take place. So he says, listen, because all of this stuff happened, that is all in God's hand, all of these events from all the way from the birth of the world to the birth of Jesus to the death and resurrection of Jesus. All of these things are in God's hand. This is why you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Here's, here's what happens. When, when the unstoppable church uncomplicates the gospel, is bold in spiritual warfare and in moments of darkness, and third, shares its story, God moves in incredible ways. Remember, after their release, Peter and John are returned to these other believers. That They're pulled out of prison because they're being held for no reason, and they tell them the story, and what happens is worship breaks out. And it's a consistent example of the early church in this, that when people share their stories, God moves in people's lives because your story is powerful. Each time that Jesus healed someone, each time he answered a prayer, each time that some miracle happened, he said, go home and tell all that God has done for you. When he heals the leper, he says, go and show yourself to the priests. When he heals the centurion's daughter, he says, go and tell the people what God has done for you. See, here's what the Unstoppable Church must do. We must share our stories. And church, as we continue this, this series, as we become unstoppable, as we thrive instead of survive, all these catchphrases that sound really cool, none of that matters if we are not sharing our stories. None of that matters if we are overcomplicating the gospel. None of that matters if we are not making sure that we are bold in spiritual warfare. The more that you drive for Jesus, the more that the church grows, the more that we are able to love our community, the more we are able to see healing and restoration happen, the more Satan will come against us and try to harm us. But our desire to be the unstoppable church at Trailside is that we will be bold, that we will not complicate the gospel, that we will make it to where people can understand and walk in it and have their lives changed and their eternities shifted from death to life. And that we will do that by sharing stories of God's goodness and grace for his glory, for his power, not for ours.
And so Unstoppable Church, as we get ready to hopefully wrap this season up, my desire, my, my question, my challenge to you to be bold in this moment is what will you do? Who will you share your story with? Who will you tell the gospel to? Who will you challenge? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your neighbor across the street. But here is what you can hang your hat on at the end of the day. That when we make the gospel uncomplicated, that when we are bold in the midst of spiritual warfare, and that when we share our stories, that the church will grow because it is unstoppable, because the kingdom is unstoppable, because God's goodness is unstoppable, and that we will see lives and eternities change forever. Church, I love you. I can't wait to see you. We're shooting for a 1st of June timeline to get back and be together. And I'll share a lot more details on that later on. But my hope for you is that you will take these moments to be with Jesus, to be encouraged, to be emboldened, and that when we get back to this, we will be stronger than ever because the church is unstoppable. I love you. Let me pray for you. I'll see you in 20 minutes on Facebook Live and we'll have the questions up immediately after this. But let me, let me pray for you um, and uh, give a benediction. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you make us bold. God, I thank you that you haven't forgotten us, that you've forgiven us, that you have given us the Holy Spirit so that we can do the same things that Peter did in here, that when we face persecution and hardship, that we would be bold, not fold. God, that when we preach the gospel, we would preach your goodness and your grace and that people would be drawn to that. And thirdly, that we would become unstoppable. That we would share our story without fear, knowing that you are doing incredible things in the lives of those who love you. Father, bring people, my, my prayer for our church is that you would bring people into the midst of the people of our church, that they would have the opportunity to share their story and to point them toward you. That we would come back and see people baptized in the name of Jesus because of folks who are listening right now and watching right now who had an opportunity and they took it. That you presented them with an opportunity to share your goodness and your grace and an uncomplicated gospel and a truth of who you are and what you've done and that that would change lives and eternities. God, we can become unstoppable because we have your power and you, you just drop it all over us. So allow us to be bold and to use it well. Jesus, be with us this week. Encourage us. Give us what we need for today, today, and what we need for tomorrow, tomorrow, as we continue to push through this season. We love you and we thank you. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. Church, I want to leave you with a benediction. And I lost my place, but that's okay. Here we go. And a benediction just means God's good word over you. And so even at home, if you feel comfortable holding your hands out as a sign of receiving that benediction, this is what God's word says to you out of Hebrews in chapter 13. It says, Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight 
through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, I love you. I will see you on Facebook and Instagram Live in 20 minutes. Um, and I can't wait to answer some fun questions with you. So take care. Have a great Sunday. Moms, we love you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you were encouraged by the message and you feel closer to Christ than you ever have before. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit us in person or help support our mission as we seek to love Jesus, serve others, and live unified, check us out online at trailside.church or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening and we can't wait to see you again soon.